0: Hello and welcome to Inside Creativity, a podcast to guide you through the beautiful yet challenging process of making the creative projects you dream of. We'll go behind the scenes to explore building creative lives that are good on the inside and creating in a way that is effective, sustainable and joyful. I'm your host, Ilin Love, a creative coach and writer. I live in Sweden, drink lots of tea and I am so glad to dive deep into creativity with you. Oh, hello there, you created. How are you? I'm here in my armchair and I have a cup of green tea, the sun is shining. And today I thought I would do a q and I did it at towards the end of last season, the first season of this podcast. And we are nearing the end of this season. I'm going to take a little summer break from it. So I thought I would do another Q&A. So I posted on my Instagram stories asking if you had any questions and I have four questions I'm going to answer today. So yeah, let's dive right into it with the first question. And that is, how did you start your creative business? So how did I start my business? Well, a little bit of context. I studied political science at university, so um, yeah, I very much enjoyed studying that, Uh, but when I arrived to working life, I didn't very much enjoy working with it. So I have worked in government agencies for about seven years, something like that, Um, and it is a very hierarchical administrative um environment that i never felt quite at home in um i since i enjoy creativity i enjoy like coming up with new ideas things like that i felt like my strengths weren't um, suitable for that work environment and uh, the things we did um the work i did it never like thrilled me uh, in any way, and I personally know that when I'm in a work environment that feels right, when I'm inspired and excited uh, for the work, then I am, I'm, I don't know, I'm good at working. <laughs> I like I have a lot of energy in me for for work that feels meaningful and interesting to me. And so being in an environment that didn't feel like that felt like I I was wasting my time, sort of, Um, and I was in the wrong place. Uh, That's what it felt like. Um, So I started blogging a year after I started working. Uh, And this was because I was missing creativity. I needed a creative outlet. And I had started sort of Googling uh, of like, okay, so I studied five years at a university. I can't go back to university. Um, I hate my job. I <laughs> I'm i not sure um, how I couldn't see myself finding a place in uh, the sort of with the education I had in that work environment that I would like. I felt like the whole, yeah. Yeah. Um, So I started thinking, I started finding people online who were running their own businesses and I always loved the internet and I loved creativity and I was getting inspired by people uh, having their own businesses so that led on to I started blogging about my creativity trying to live a creative life alongside having a job that was very uncreative and um, Trying to yeah work through my creative fears things like that build a good creative process, and through that uh, I started thinking about helping others with their creative processes. As I, um, I blogged about this for, hmm, let's see here, um, two years, three years, something like that before I, I actually started doing something, um, in coaching. So. I've been thinking about the creative process, working on the creative process for a long time. Or, well, it felt like a long time, at least. <laughs> um, and then I, I had role models in the community who were doing coaching. And um, I studied coaching uh, some. And then I tried it out for free with a couple of people. And realized that I really enjoyed it. And... And that I could help people. And so I launched a creative coaching business alongside my job. Uh, and so I did that. Only one-to-one coaching for like a year. Uh, before I um, tried going full-time with it. Uh, and eventually also created the group coaching community. Companions in Creativity. So that's how it started. It started with the frustration of my job uh, which I think is the case for quite a few people either disliking your job or not feeling that you can fit into the standard nine-to-five work structure because of things like mental health or uh, chronic illness or things like that I think that's quite common that those are sort of the, the or just personality base that you don't feel like The 9-to-5 life is for you. Um, I think that's probably quite common for people starting their own businesses. And since a lot has happened, of course, and I'm now in a job uh, where I can be creative, that I really love, and I have my business on the side of that. Uh, So, yeah, things have developed and changed. And turns out the things I did to also start my own business... I was honing skills that also i could use in a job to get a job that i actually enjoyed despite not having any edu- education in things like communications or marketing or um social media management or content creation uh, things like that so that is how we started so the next question is as a successful creative Why, thank you. How do you maintain a healthy relationship with social media? And I ponder this question for quite some time (laughs) because I feel like I'm not entirely sure how I do that. Um, And I'm going to say something very unhelpful right now. If you feel like it's difficult for you to have a healthy relationship with social media. And it's that I've come to a place where I don't care very much about the stats. Um, this has not always been the case, especially not in seasons where, when I've tried to grow, uh, when I've like used social media very much as a strategy of like, okay, I need to grow my following. I need to reach more people. And I have looked at the stats for different posts um, as a way to like judge how good that post was Um, and in those periods I have become more uh, anxious about posting I have been more uh, like trying to perfect it trying to like understand algorithm all those things Um, and have partly done it successfully partly done it unsuccessfully Uh, and I think maybe Part of it is that I have spent enough time on like Instagram to have I've seen the ups I've seen the downs. I have I have been on the good side of the algorithm, I've been on the bad side of the algorithm and it all sort of I don't know I feel like if you have once um, like felt been just a little bit successful, Uh, on a platform and then it goes away you sort of get a different view on it because you see that it's never it's never like static um and it's not something that you can ever figure out because it's constantly changing um and like if i were to post the same photos that did really really well a couple of years ago they wouldn't do as well now um Like you can't replicate the success in that way. Because um, it's always changing. And um, that also means that it's not the quality of the posts. It's not the quality of what you you are posting that determines it. It's very much in the hands of what's trendy or what's pushed by Instagram. And yeah. Uh, So I think that has made me have a quite like... Nuanced, distanced relationship to the stats. I don't look at them very much now. Um, I look at them a little bit, um, mostly uh, to see like if the reels are getting any um, any like uh, reach because they have been very up and down. Um, some reels, uh, like when reels were pushed more, uh, got a lot of reach, and then it's like completely changed and they were getting like no reach (laughs) and now they're getting some reach uh, and it's interesting to see if they're getting more reach than the posts but I see this very much at a distance as okay this is sort of what's working on the platform not as a judgment of what it is I'm posting Um, and I I look at it also sort of the same way when I'm posting on Substack which And also when I'm putting out uh, Podcast episodes uh, Because sometimes I will look at the stats Like which posts have gotten more Interactions or have gotten more Most uh, listens um, But I don't I I don't really see it as judgment Of the content itself I see it more as um, A like Often it has to do with like What's the title And <laughs> um, and so uh, I will... Look, okay, so that kind of title makes people listen uh, at an episode, for example. Um, or, yeah, things like that. Uh, although, of course, there are, like, um, things like how much it's getting shared or how much people, like, uh, write to me and say, oh, I really like that one. And those are often not the same ones as are getting the, uh, the amount of listens, it's, that's like a different metric. And I listen more to when people are writing to me and saying, oh, that one was so good. Um, because that is more about the quality of it. Um, that is stirring something in people rather than how many people are listening. And <clears throat> if my main goal was just reach, 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 reach more people, um, then maybe I like would focus more on Um, the stats of like the amount of people but reach while I do want to grow uh, a bit especially on substack I don't care about it that much (laughs) and I'm realizing that all of this that I'm saying it doesn't really explain how I do it it's just that I do it and this is probably because I'm not entirely sure I'm not sure how I've landed in its place. I think partly it's because um, of this freedom that I have now that I'm not reliant on the income from my business. It's a side thing. It's the extra nice money um, that comes from it. And so I'm not as dependent on it. Uh, and that means that I can be a little bit more. Okay, that didn't do well. <laughs> I don't really care. <laughs> Um but I also think that it has to do with time and it has to do with the fact that I feel more confident in my work now than I did a couple of years ago. I am more sure of what I like, more sure of like okay, um this is what I want to create. This is how I want to create it. This is what I value uh, in my own work and um I stand more firmly in that. I'm not looking to my audience to tell me what is good and what is not good. Um, I am making that judgment more myself. And then I put it out to people and people respond to it. And I can see that as a little bit of, like, indications for different things. But I don't see it as, like, this was good, this was bad. Um, And I think that that's probably... Like the the thing that that makes uh, social media and stats in general not very like emotionally charged for me. Um, I have the yeah I feel confident enough in my creativity to to not care that much about what like how how people interact with it. When it comes to like actually using the apps and the things like switching off from the apps I have one app that I think is called like app blocker it's an Android app um, and it uh, it can block other apps so I have that I have a blocker on Instagram and some other creative apps um, on evenings nights mornings and weekends And I can turn off the blocker if I want to do something like check something or if I feel like I want to post Instagram stories on weekends, which I do sometimes um, I can turn that off and no problem and I like I don't see it as a rule that I can't turn it off. Um, I Turn it off if I want to and then I turn it back on Uh, but that helps me not be on the apps constantly, but have breaks from them Um, and that has been helpful for me to to not always be on the apps. Um, One other aspect of a healthy relationship with social media, I think also is to not compare ourselves too much. And I think that this is probably the same as uh, looking at stats or not looking at the stats. It comes from a sense of um, confidence in your own work if you're if you don't feel confident in your own creativity then you will you're more likely that uh, you will compare yourself to other creatives and feel bad about it Um, if you feel like you're not good enough you're not reaching enough people or you are uh, not skilled enough then you will look at other people and uh, be like oh they're better than me Uh, but if you feel confident enough in your own work if you feel like Uh, you are doing your work you're doing what you can you're doing your best or you're doing the things that you value um, and you're you're okay with that then what other people are doing will have less of an impact on you so I think social media in general starts with um, honing your own creative confidence and that's of course not a quick fix um, and it can tie in with your own personal confidence Um, but yeah I think that's that's the route to go uh, if you're trying to also build a healthy relationship with social media oh and when it comes to posting on social media um, since I'm not using Instagram for reaching new people very much um, it's not that big of a thing in my strategy so when i try to reach more people that is mainly on uh like um pinterest uh, a little bit of like word of mouth for the podcast some people find a podcast in the podcasting apps or when googling for like podcast creativity um and through the substack community network um those are the the ways that people tend to find me nowadays and instagram yes some people find me on instagram but it's not a big source of uh, new people my instagram is still growing but very very slowly and it is too difficult to uh, get a good good growth on instagram these days in my opinion to spend the time and energy on it Uh, it's not efficient enough um unless you like really, really enjoy it or do something that Instagram currently really favors. Um, so I don't, I do not really have an Instagram strategy in the sense of like posting a certain amount of times per week or something like that. Um, and that means that I mainly post, I mainly post when I feel like it these days. And um, that makes it, Quite inspiration-driven, um, and I, yeah, I post the things that I enjoy posting, um, and I think that that should always be uh, like what you should do on on social media, uh, on Instagram. Um, because if you if you try to post things that you don't enjoy creating, it's not going to be very sustainable. So always try to post the kind of things that you want to post, um, and tra- tap into. Having fun with it. And so I have a quite um, relaxed relationship with Instagram these days. Because if I don't post for a couple of weeks. um, Yeah. I will feel like oh I should post. But I don't care about it that much. So social media is not that big of a thing in my strategy. And that means that I can take a more relaxed approach to it. And use it. How I feel like using it, which helps uh, with how I feel about it. Okay, the next question is a a little fun one. So it goes like this: If you had to choose, where else would you want to live besides in Sweden? Hmm, I have pondered this question because I I quite li- like living in Sweden um, and. I I enjoy traveling. I enjoy um going to new places and I I would like to travel like everywhere <laughs> pretty much. Uh there are many, many countries I would love to visit and travel in and spend um yeah, I mean, I could spend a couple of weeks or a month um, somewhere and be very happy with that. But living somewhere um, else is a bit trickier because there are more aspects to think about. There are more uh, things like, I mean, we have two cats. Um, <laughs> but if we don't think about like those kind of practicals. Um, one thing that I would like is to have like a part-time home somewhere warm um, again that would be a bit tricky with, with the cats but let's, let's disregard that so both me and my fiance um, get really tired in winter uh, when it's very dark uh, the cold fine but the darkness is something that weighs on us quite a lot and we have we have said many times that we should go somewhere bright and warm Uh, in winter and it would be amazing if we had like an apartment in somewhere that is um, yeah sunny and at least sunnier than Sweden uh, in winter that we can go and be go there Um, where actually that would be in the world um, I'm not sure because it would be very impractical to go to like Australia from Sweden is literally on the other side of the planet Um, So it would be, yeah, impractical to travel there for like, going there for a weekend. Um, So maybe it would be enough for us to have uh, something in the south of Europe, like Greece. We have traveled a lot in Greece, Um, have an apartment on a Greek island perhaps, that would be nice. Or maybe something uh, like, yeah, uh, further south, Um, but still sort of within the reach. Um, to go and go for like a week and then go back home to Sweden and go uh, for another week. Things like that uh, in the winter when it's, yeah, when we just need sunshine or um, not even sunshine, just daylight. <laughs> um, but if we are talking full time, then I would probably choose a country that I feel comfortable in, um, that feels close enough to like my own i don't know culture um i would not mind living in norway for example (laughs) um i like norway uh so and norway is probably the country that feels the closest to sweden so it's a little bit of a boring response otherwise i think it would be the uk um and that's because i uh, well, English, very easy. I know English. Um, and UK feels like a culture that I know quite well and enjoy. And uh, I enjoy the country. It has the four seasons, which I which feels important to me. Uh, where in UK? I don't know. I don't know UK that um, well enough to choose. Um, but yeah, those would probably be my choices. <laughs> Pretty boring ones. But yeah that's me (laughs) okay last question creativity and work your ideas about how to balance freedom with income needs okay so this of course is a big one um and it's something i have talked about quite a bit i feel like um but yeah i'll give this a go so creativity and work um there are many different ways that we can do this, but okay, I'm going to say something possibly unhelpful, but it is to find a job or something that brings you money that you actually enjoy. <laughs> um, and I say this because of uh, my like experience and background as well, um, and also creatives that I have worked with and talked with and talked about their work situation. So when i had a job that i didn't enjoy and that didn't feel good um, that was a big source of like frustration in my life Um, and i know that there are many uh, many people who have jobs that leave them frustrated and i think that we have some kind of default uh, that we um, yeah that we stay in a situation that is maybe not outright uh, like it's not like a lef- life or death situation, but there's something about that job or uh, if you have your own business or whatever that feels like it's not right um, and it just keeps being a problem uh, for you. It keeps feel you keep feeling like it's not really working. Um, and I think that, Maybe we have a tendency to feel like we are not allowed to to um, to feel like that, and uh, maybe this idea that also work isn't fun, um, while at the same time having the the idea that uh, work with your passions. So I think that there are so many things about a job that can be either right or not right. Uh, it can be. What you're actually doing it can be the culture around it it can be the people you work with it can be the like hours the kind of energy you need to spend to do that job um yeah it can be many different things and i think that when we have the sense that mm, this job is like a constant problem in your life in some some form i think that we should actually listen to that feeling and um and investigate what alternatives there are um, we can get into a mindset that the job we have is the only job we will ever ever like be able to have and the problems we have in one job we will have and any other job um, so but that's not the case uh, I have experience for myself I've seen in friends I've seen in uh, coaching clients I work with uh, that when they have allowed themselves to look at different jobs and and explore um what a different job could be, uh then people have found better work environments um there are different <laughs> there are yeah there are other um other jobs out there um for most of us for most situations. Uh, And if something isn't working, then I think we should do something to change it if we can. Um, That's that's the baseline. When we have a job that we uh, don't feel good in, it's gonna be a much bigger problem uh, for us than if we have a job that we enjoy. Um, And of course this is like self-explanatory, but I think that we have we long much more for freedom when we're in a job we don't like Um, and yeah I think it becomes a bigger problem uh, to balance a job with other things when we're in a job that we don't like Um, it takes more from us to be in a job that isn't like working um so yeah that's 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 what i think um and i know that that's a maybe unhelpful thing to say if you feel like you are in a job and you can't leave that job um and maybe you don't see any any ways to change your working life or maybe you can't change your working life life for now maybe you can in the future but for now you're you're sort of stuck in a situation um, and what I what I want to say is um, a job um, or a business something that makes you money there will always be a certain extent of uh, not being free in that situation um, and especially, I'll come. Um, coming back to to creativity, we will not be entirely creative free in a job situation um, because we need to create and think about it and and yeah, we need to create whatever it is that makes money uh, because we need to make money. That is the purpose of the income bringing thing. Um, unless you are like an artist that. Uh, breaks through and um, the public responds to your uh, your work by giving you a lot of money in like your JK Rowling or um, something like that. Um, even even though even G- JK. Rowling, she wrote Harry Potter with the idea that she needed to make money and she thought, okay, what kind of book could I write <laughs> um, that could make me money? I think that that was actually on her mind when she wrote Harry Potter. Anyway, um, so when we need to make money, we need to take sort of uh, marketability and things like that into um, into account. And that means we're never going to be completely creative-free and creatively-free Um when we are creating for money, whether that's in a job or whether that's in your own business. So I think that it's really important that you have a space in your creativity that is just for you, that is not for the market, that is not for the money. And I think that this is important regardless of whether you have um, your own business or you're working creative. Um, Anytime you're using your creativity in uh, connection with, uh, like, creating for a market, creating for money. I think it's really important that you also have a space that is just your own. Uh, And I think this is important for your own creative fulfillment. I think it's important for also developing, like, growing as a creative. Uh, Because in your own space you can be as experimental as you want, you can be as, um, I don't know, uh, weird (laughs) and, um, yeah, free as you want. You don't have to think about what other people will like. Uh, And I think that that's actually really important. And this is how I'm approaching things in my own creative projects now. And that means also that when I create at my job, I uh, I create things that are suitable for what like what the business I work for needs, uh, and I don't lead with like my own. Uh, okay, so this is what I feel like doing at the moment. Uh, this is why my creative. Um, personal creative drive tells me that I want to create I happily create uh, what my job needs um, because I also have my own playground where I do my own things in my own way Um, and that makes that 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 to me uh, establishes a balance uh, between the two if I didn't have my own creative projects I think that there would be a higher risk of me becoming like a bit resentful towards my job for not fulfilling my own creative needs. I need to fulfill my own creative needs in my own time, in my own projects, um, so that those needs are met and then I can I can give my creativity towards other things, towards other other interests. Um, And I think that that balance is really important. So, yeah with my With my novel it's definitely 100 percent my own thing. I am um, very much leading with my own uh, inspiration in like Substack and things like that. Um, um, yeah, so it's mainly, mainly my own creative like purpose and drive and direction in my own projects. Um, and I'm, I'm steering things more towards that intentionally uh, because I know that that is important. And that's what I want in my own projects. And again, I'm not dependent on the money from the business in the same way. So it's OK that I don't take like marketability and things like that that much into account um, because, yeah, I can do more what I want on my own things okay i hope that was an answer (laughs) Uh, i feel like i rambled a bit Uh, but yeah thank you guys for answering or for asking me interesting questions it's always fun to answer questions i think so there will be more q a's in the future i'm sure Um, and i always uh, post these on my instagram stories Um, so if you want to ask me a question uh, follow me on instagram Make sure you see my Instagram stories. And oh, of course, you can always ask me a question <laughs> for these podcasts in the future. Okay, that is it for today. I hope that you are having a lovely day and that it will be will continue being lovely. I will finish the last little bit on my teacup of tea. And yeah, have a lovely one and I'll talk to you soon. Thank you so much for listening to this episode. If you enjoyed the podcast and would like to help more creatives find it, make sure you leave a rating and a review or send it over to a friend. If you want to dive deeper into my work of coaching, guiding and supporting creatives, head over to my website, elinlove.com. That is E-L-I-N-L-O-O-W dot And until next time, remember, there is space for you and your creativity.